Welcome to Jobber's Masters of Home Service podcast, where successful business owners share their secrets for making your business more profitable and efficient. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester, owner of Charlottesville Lawn Care and Charlottesville Gutter Pros for the last 15 years. I truly believe that service entrepreneurs need to come together from different service industries and swap stories, share tips, and learn from each other. By getting together and sharing each other's successes and failures, we can help each other level up. And that's the mission of Masters of Home Service. On today's episode, we're talking about how to hire the best people and how to make sure they stick around. With me is Oscar Gill, owner of R3 Auto Detailing and Detail Groove in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And Brandon Sewell, owner of Seal Pro Painting in Titusville, Florida. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I know our guests today love Jobber. With Jobber, managing the customer experience from estimates to invoicing has never been smoother. Our listeners can get a special discount on a new subscription by going to jobber.com slash podcast deal. Trust me, it'll make your whole business more efficient and more profitable. Let's cut to the chase. Oscar, what are service companies doing wrong? What are they getting wrong when it comes to hiring? Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty big topic. I think a big mistake or error that I did early on is like, when you hire someone, you want to put them on this big pedestal, right? You want to make sure like, they're going to be the happiest person. They're going to get all the great things. You're going to mm-hmm. get paid the most. You're going to get all the hours. And then once the ball gets rolling, it's like, oh, yes, yeah, so, like this, we're a little low on hours. So I guess I'll just like pay you to do some random things mm-hmm. so I can keep you happy. And the problem with that, though, is that like you set these high expectations. And not that that's wrong, but like there's a time and place on when you should just try to make that person happy and like keep them on your team or, or giving them hours. Versus like, okay, like, look, ideally I'd like to get you around, like, let's say 20, 30 hours, whatever. And like letting the person know, like, it's going to always be changing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could tell you that every day is going to be nine to five, Monday through Friday. But in the industry that we're in, the weather plays a big factor into us and how we run the schedule. Customers might add a service last second. A customer might reschedule last mm-hmm. minute. So it's like, the schedule is like alive. It's always moving. It's always going up, going down. So one of the things of, of many things is like setting the right expectations with the individual. Like from day one, when you hire them, even during the interview process of saying like, hey, this is the standard we work on. Here's what we do. Here's what we don't tolerate. Here's what, you know, what, like just the standard that we operate at. So I think that's important. So I really love what Oscar said. I mean, that's so true. I even made the mistake before of hiring on guys And I wanted to keep them happy and make sure that they were getting their hours. So I just guaranteed them their hours no matter what. That seriously backfired on me. And so I had to do what Oscar was saying. I had to like backtrack and then set better expectations. And I really, my employees are happier that way because it's you're delivering on those expectations and you're not leading them to believe that there's more there than there is. And then I would also just say that one of the biggest mistakes that I see is there's a lot of like blame. I hear even friends of mine who have home service businesses of like, I can't find good help. I hire a guy and he only lasts a couple weeks. It's hard to find people and I can't keep good help. And those business owners, when I look and I see their 
their system and their process for hiring people or onboarding them or training them, it's just lacking. For us, that's been a really big focus is implementing really strong job descriptions that we put out for jobs that we're hiring for that attract great people. We have a very structured interview process and we do it the same every time. And then when we onboard guys, we have an onboarding process with training and getting them integrated into how our business operates and what our expectations are so that we're setting them up for success. And it's professional. And I think when you're looking for guys who have great attitudes, they want to do something great. They have big expectations for what they can accomplish in their own lives. They have dreams. They have vision. You want to be able to present something to them that is going to be attractive You know, I kind of think to myself, like, how would I feel going into this interview? Am I going to feel like I'm going into a professional company that has great opportunities and is structured and is organized? Or am I showing up and meeting the guy on the job in his truck and being told, hey, like, let's see how Mm -hmm. this goes. And there's no structure to it. So I just... I think we have to do better as home service business owners in having those systems and processes in place to attract great people and and keep them. Yeah, you hire someone, it's actually at like a $10 per hour job, but because you want to make that person happy, bro, this doesn't be the best job you work at. You're paying them like $15 an hour, right? Because you want to make them happy. You want to mm-hmm. pay them well. But then the problem that you run into is like, if it's like a two-man crew, like the, the owner and then the helper, but then... It, it starts growing and you actually need like a, a lead tech, whatever that means, right? Super general. And that lead tech would actually be like a 15 per hour job, but you're already paying this dude that's doing mm-hmm. the most basic work, $15 an hour. So it's like, are you going to pay someone now $18 an hour to do something that shouldn't be getting paid that much? So it's like, you, like you have to look at the, at the position and so like, what is the true value? And like, you can't overpay because then you run into the problem where like, oh, well, I need someone to do more responsibilities, more more ownership of that role. And it's like, well, then you have to pay more. And I'm already overpaying him for the job he's already doing. Yeah. So I, I've seen that happen multiple times as well. Yeah, if they're overpaid in the beginning, they're always overpaid. Yeah. You can't get past it at that point because they're going to keep going up and keep getting paid more. And it's, it's going to be constantly too much. I like what Brandon said earlier about the job description. So many times I see these really aggressive, mean job descriptions. Like, <laughs> you have to be, have a license and you have to be 18. You have to lift all this weight. You have to be this and this and this. And if you're not, then don't even apply. And I'll be honest, at one point that's attractive to me because I wanted to filter out all the bad ones. But that's not a very compelling job posting, right? And so just like when we are doing marketing to our clients, hey, what's your pain? What's your problem? How do we solve that problem? It's the exact concept with hiring people. Hey, what do you want in life? You want a salary? Do you want time off? Do you want 401k? And then post those things in your job description because the people that you want will see that stuff like, oh, this is a different kind of place, that has the things that I want. And he's not just barking at me to make sure I'm not late, you know? And, uh, and so I think we're losing people in the very, big, very beginning right off the bat because we're not bringing them in like we do with clients. We spend thousands of dollars on marketing and then we spend 15 bucks a month on a Craigslist ad so, to hire. And that doesn't work. Yeah, because it's the same thing of like, you do all this marketing, you want to have like a proper customer service and a customer experience to make sure that the customers are happy and paying you top dollar. But then like that should have the same mindset towards like bringing on employees. Totally. Like you want to make sure the employee is absolutely happy that they have a good onboarding process, they get trained properly, yeah. that they're taken care of while they're there, that they like, enjoy being there. So it's like the same way we try to be with the customers, like we should equally be like that with all the employees. Do you guys do much with references when you hire somebody, you're hiring somebody, interviewing them, and they give you, do you ask for references? We do require them, but 
it just depends on what kind of vibe I get from the person on whether I would actually feel like I need to make calls for the references. So it's not something I do every time. Like if I get a really good vibe from somebody in the interview process, I may not do the the reference check, but we like on our job descriptions, we say that they need to submit references. What do you think? It depends on the position. If I'm going to hire a very entry level tech to just do the most basic stuff, it's a more lenient because it's like, we're not asking you here to, I don't need you to have super a lot of history or a lot of references just because the job itself doesn't require that. So most of the time we don't. The time that I would would be like for like um like for us like we have a content editing position. So with something like that, maybe not references, but like can you show me some portfolio of work at least? On, you know I don't need to hear from your prior boss. Just show me that you know what you say you know how to do, and then that's what I usually go off of. Not not so much references. I don't. Yeah. So I'm a little different. I love references. One because it can immediately knock somebody out. Especially if I like them, especially if they're really smooth on the phone. I call the references or somebody from the company does. And they're like, oh, no, don't hire them. That case closed. Now, if they say, oh, they're great, that doesn't mean they're hired because I get that a lot. But a lot of times it's a quick knockout. It's like, oh, yeah, no, not good. And But if they rave and rave and rave and I ultimately hire that person, I can go back and say, hey, listen, like Fred, Joe and Paul, they all said great things about you. And it really edifies them. And it gets us off to a strong footing. So I'm a huge fan of references. All my bad hires came from people I didn't call references for. Mm, good. Looking back. So where are you getting people? Where are you finding good candidates? Give us some some good sources. So I use Indeed for job postings. Do which you we've, use Indeed too? Yeah, I have yeah. in the past. Okay, yeah. cool. And we found good people there, Facebook. But my number one way of getting people is we offer a bonus for referrals from our current employees. So if they reference somebody else and they interview for the position and they stay on for 90 days, then the person who referred them and that person get a bonus when they make it to 90 days. And then the person that referenced them, I give them another bonus just after a certain amount of time. And that's really worked well for us because the the guys that I have that are doing great, love the company, love the culture, love what they're doing, they understand our values and our mission as a company, they're like our best spokespeople for talent because they know like, okay, I'm going to refer you to this person. Hopefully they're referring that person because they know they're a good fit for the team, mm-hmm. right? And they're, it's somebody that they want to work with, that they'd enjoy working with. So I've had guys say, yeah, I've got a guy from the company that I came from who's actually looking for work and mm-hmm. I'd love to have him come work here. So that's happened multiple times. Yeah, for me, it depends where you're in the business, right? Like if you're trying to get your first helper, like part-time, if you're, you're a solo operator, I think one of the easiest way is just to literally like announce it to all your friends and family members. Mm-hmm. Because when you're, when you're hiring your first helper, call it like 15 hours a week or so, it's not like you need this super talented, like dude that's been in the trades for mm-hmm. 20 years, right? You just need them to do some basic stuff. After that, we did run Indeed for a while. But for me, like for us, because I have a platform and such, I'm able to post on my stories Mm-hmm. that we're hiring and we get people to, to, to apply that way. So my number one way is through either just personal outreach, like post it on your Instagram stories, Facebook, whatever, just make a post. And then the other way is using my own platform to just put a job listing out that we're hiring. Yeah, that's great. Let's take a 30 second break and we'll come right back. I am not the earliest bird, but some of my staff loves a really early start. With Jawbird, my team in the field has every detail of every job and their whole day right on their phones. Routing for the day, scheduling job details while I'm still resting. It can be updated throughout the day. 
and my team picked it up immediately with little or no training. It was easy, it was seamless. Smoother from start to finish. Quote, schedule invoice and get paid. Start your free trial today at jobber.com. Listeners to the podcast and get a special discount on a new subscription by going to jobber.com slash podcast deal. If you aren't using Jobber, you need to be. Jobber has made my businesses more profitable and more efficient for sure. So now we've hired somebody, they're on board, and they're a rock star. And we've got a whole fleet of them. We've got a whole bunch of rock stars on our team. How do you keep them? Because other companies want them to work at their company. How do we make sure they stay? What kind of things are you guys doing to make sure that they they stay happy, to use a, a light word? I think it really takes ownership on your end as the owner of the company to create a work environment, create a business and a culture that cultivates people wanting to stay there, being organized, making sure that, you know, it's simple things. I used to think that it could be really complex reasons why guys leave. And sometimes it's simple stuff like just making sure that you're organized. The guys have what they need every day to do their job. There's clear expectations on what they're doing each Mm -hmm. day. There's great communication, knowing that when you tell them what they're going to get paid, they get paid that. If you offer them incentives or bonuses, you deliver on that. And really just having everything be very predictable and then delivering on it. And I've found that doing those things has, you know, I've had guys come to my company and they've said, you know, wow, when, you know, we saw that you used Jobber, we were like blown away. Our last boss didn't have anything like this. Mm. We didn't, sometimes we didn't know where we were going each day. He would give us like just over the phone directions to get to the job. Like, mm. oh yeah, go down the street, you I know, where that. the gas station is, go down and make a right. It's the house by the red mailbox, <laughs> you know? So they didn't like that. They didn't have a schedule where they could see, guarantee that they had work, where my guys... They can go in and they can see, okay, we've got work lined up for months. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, there's job security there. They know that they're going to be able to get their hours and get work. Whereas before, maybe they didn't have that. They didn't have that organization. So I know that's been a a really big thing for my guys that they've communicated to me. Yeah, that's huge. So on top of having a place where guys feel like they can grow and take the next step in their career. Also offering incentives and bonuses, but the way that my approach to it as of recently has been making it kind of random and not so structured. And I think what that does is it changes the guy's mindset to really feel more appreciated. Whereas if it's just expected, it just kind of almost becomes more like entitled to that, whatever that bonus structure is. Whereas I've had days, for example, we got a handful of five-star reviews like in a row and customers were just raving about how great the guys were doing and they were so happy to have them at their homes and so I just randomly showed up on a job had envelopes with a hundred dollars in each one of them and just handed them to the guys I didn't you know I didn't even tell them what was in it I just said hey guys I'm can I get you over here really quick I just wanted to tell you I'm so thankful for the hard work that you guys are doing keep it up we're getting a lot of great reviews and just want you guys to know that I appreciate you have a great weekend this is just something for me to show my appreciation. I do that just at random times or, you know, go get some gift cards and say, hey, you know, because I'll get to know my guys and know the things that they like and give them gift cards based on that. We had this big job. This is kind of a funny story where it was three stories and my guys were a little nervous to get up onto this like one peak to paint this soffit and fascia. 
And so I told him, I was like, all right, well, I've got this subcontractor where he's like not afraid of heights at all. I'll have him come there tomorrow and he'll take care of it. You guys don't have to worry about it. And so that same day at like four o'clock, they messaged me. They're like, hey, don't send that guy. He's like, we got it. We'll need that guy. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so they did it. And I was like so thankful because they saved me money. One, I didn't have to get a lift, which would have cost me like $1,500 for that just one day to reach like one spot mm-hmm. or hire a subcontractor who wasn't scared to get up there and pay them extra, which would eat into the job. So I ended up going and getting each of them $200 gift cards and showed up on the job and gave it to him and said, thank you so much for handling that. I know it was uncomfortable for you, but I do want you to know that I really appreciate that you guys did that. And that like that made them feel better about, you know, because that's taking a risk going up three stories and, mm-hmm. you know, getting up there onto this awkward peak with a pretty steep pitch on this one roof. And yeah, just doing random things like that has been great for me. Oscar, what do you think? Yeah, one thing I always look back is like, I just look at all the other jobs that I had in the past. And I was like, and most of them are like, man, the working here sucks. Like, mm-hmm. and you can point out at the things that made it suck, right? Like maybe it was the leadership. Maybe it was the the team that was that they assembled. There was no work. There was no kind of work vibe between the team members. Everyone was kind of doing their own thing every single day. So like you look at the past, all the jobs that, that you've had. And you're like, okay, well, what would make it not suck like that? What, what's a good place that, you know, that you'd actually like be happy to come to? Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course, like, you know, having cool people to, to work with, right? To make sure like everyone vibes together, has, has good energy between each other, that the boss, right, talks to you and understands you. So one thing I do in the, in, the, in the hiring process is I try to understand like what that individual wants out of life for himself, right? Mm-hmm. So I always ask like, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? What are your things you want to do? Do you have a side business? Is there a passionate hobby that you do? So with us, a lot of people, and I'm sure it's for every service industry of like, oh, I have a side business mm-hmm. and you ask what it is. Oh, it's detailing, right? We have, we have a detailing business. I do detailing on the side. So with that, I try to just like facilitate any form of growth that they can take away to other parts of their life, right? Mm-hmm. So if let's say they mention like, yeah, I'm just not good at talking to people or I'm, I'm an introvert or whatever. It's like, would you like to get better at mm-hmm. talking to people? Would you want to be put in situations where you actually have to practice those social skills with, with customers? And if that's something that they want to do, fantastic. Like we could, over time, like if you want to actually get better at it, we can put you in those situations. If you do want to start your own business, like by all means, like I don't expect you to stay here for the next six years. It'd be cool if you do, but if you stay for six months, I mean like just take as much as you can, give me your all, right? Mm-hmm. Like learn as much as you can and, and follow what we do here mm-hmm. and take whatever you learn and apply it to your next venture. I'll do my best to like give you whatever resources you need that you can take to your next thing in life. So I, I try to see like, what, what can we do here? That way it's not just, oh, I'm going to work. It's like, oh, I'm going to work. Oh, plus I get to learn whatever I want to learn so that whenever I go and do my next thing, I'm already being prepared for that. That's a great point, Oscar. Brandon, I'm curious what you think about hiring people who are upfront about having a side hustle in painting. You know, that's exactly what you do. Is that okay with you? Is that a threat to you? What do you think about employees who have a side hustle of their own doing what they do for you? Yeah, so I don't have any problem with it at all. What I tell guys when they come to work for me is that what I want them to do is grow no matter what. And I want to invest in them, help them to have greater opportunity. And I say, you know, whether you stay here with my company, here's your growth opportunities. But if you want to go and start your own company, I want to help you prepare for that. And I've had multiple employees that I've actually helped start their own businesses 
And I don't feel threatened by it because I know how hard it is to get to where I am. And so I know the work that has to be put in. And I even like when they start their businesses, there's jobs that either aren't a good fit for us, we can't get to. And so I refer them away and I'll, I'll tell whoever calls me, I'll say, hey, I've got this former employee of mine. I can vouch that he's a really great worker. He does quality work. Give him a call. He should be able to take care of you. And so I'll even refer those jobs away. And that helps me. And so I don't get um, intimidated by it. I just look at it as an opportunity to help somebody else. And I always say, like, if they end up building a bigger business than I do, or they end up being super successful, then they deserve it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm not really threatened by by employees who do that. The pie is plenty large. And I've actually even rented equipment to employees to use after hours. So I'm not threatened by it. I think if I, if I was, that'd be a weakness. It would show sure. like you're really threatened by some guy by himself. You know, we're a little bigger than that. And so I think it's also a sign of strength that we're not threatened by that kind of thing. We do have a employee policy manual, though, that, you know, it does create some boundaries. And so like in our onboarding process, we go through the employee policy manual and we go over one of the points of like doing side work. And Mm -hmm. so the only rules or boundaries that I have there is like they can't take side work from my customers. Mm -hmm. So like if they're on on one of my jobs and a customer says like, hey, could you do this? Come over tonight and yeah, do and this like, little thing. It, it wasn't that, you know, if I found out about it, that would be an instant, no good, you're out of here. Yeah. But I tell them like, if it's after hours or it's on your own time on the weekend and it's a side job you have and you want to do some extra work, like by all means, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I'm not going to hold you back there. Mm-hmm. There's even been customers where there's like a scope of work that I don't want to deal with. You know, the customer will say, hey, can you give me a bid for this? And I'm like, no, but my employee, he has the ability to do that. You can talk to him about doing that and just do that on the side and deal with him on that. And sometimes there's, you know, things that I just don't want to deal with. And mm-hmm. my guys end up doing it. Yeah, so to his point as well, we also lend out tools to, not lend, it just, that sounds even too serious. Like it, he doesn't have all the tools and products that he needs. And he would post on his Instagram stories, like him working with what he has. And it's not a threat that someone wants to start their own business because like you're, you're empowering them, right? And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, just good karma. Like if you have that kind of work environment where they're saying, man, like he's giving me tools that like, so I can go do my own business and, and make mm-hmm. my own money. It just builds that sense of like, they're looking out for me. It's not just a place where I'm clocking in. Like they're really trying to help me be a better person, like help me propel forward. And you can look at it as like, well, they're going to leave you faster. It's like, yeah, but regardless, they're going to leave. And mm-hmm. you know, you can slow them down or be the good person, not, not even just a boss, but like be that person that like will help push them to the next phase in their life and in, you know, their, their new business. So it's like giving them the opportunity to, to answer the phone calls or to like let some customers of his come to our shop in the parking lot. He does, they don't drive into the shop or anything, but like in the parking lot, like talking to them and like doing whatever he needs to do. Yeah. I'm all about that. Just because like just being a good human being, like just help someone go into their next phase of, of life and business. Yeah, you want to be a blessing, not a curse. You want to be a resource for them. We all know what it was like yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Something I've been really passionate about lately is like gamifying the experience for our, our team. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like a game where you want to come in and you want to win every single day. And not every you don't win every day. Some, day, some days are terrible. 
and hard and you didn't really succeed on the job, I implemented a new app. It's called Automate Motivate and it's awesome. Basically, it gamifies what you want to incentivize. And so if they do the thing that you want them to do, they can go in the app and claim their points. And then they once they get enough points, they can claim those points for like real stuff, like a new knife mm. or a day off or free lunch. And it's transformed the culture of our company. It was good before and now it's great because now we all have a game that we're playing together and we have leaderboards. Mm. And if we all get enough points, we all win together. And there's some leaderboards that are cutthroat and that's fun too. And so Automate Motivate, I really recommend our listeners check that out because it really was a win for us. We've been doing it for about six or eight months now and it's been a, a huge win for them. So awesome. just one of the ways that we make sure that they enjoy working here because I don't want to lose any of my people. <laughs> right. Any final thoughts that you guys have on this topic of hiring good people and then keeping them? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that at the end of the day, I think as business owners, we really have to take ownership. One of my favorite leadership books is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And, you know, it's just this principle that we can't just be shifting blame all the time. And if we can't find great people, if we're not retaining people, we just have to really look at ourselves, look at our processes, because there's people out there who want to work with their hands. It's the perfect fit for them to be in the trades. And, you know, there could be somebody out there who's working in a desk job and just is miserable. And the thing that they need is just the right company to find where they feel like it's a good fit and they can start working with their hands and it ends up being the next best thing for them. So yeah, I just really think that it comes down to how we talk about the issues instead of constantly saying like there's not good help or it's hard to keep good help, really just changing how we talk about those things and taking ownership of it. Mm -hmm. Oscar, any final thoughts? Yeah, to his point as well of like if you're struggling retaining employees and such, or they keep on leaving. It's like at some point, you just have to look internally into yourself and saying, is this the right place that I can actually hire people, right? Like if, if you want an employee to be the best working person, you want them to stay there for four years, you want them to not complain, you want them to take ownership. Mm -hmm. But is your business the kind of business that would attract that kind of talent? Mm -hmm. Because if your business isn't, that individual is not going to stay there. They're going to go to some, somewhere where they're actually appreciated and are valued for the skills that they bring. Yeah. Let's do some, some takeaways from today. This is a great conversation. The first thing I, I took away is making sure that we have clear expectations hiring, a good job description, good expectations once we hire the person. This is what's going to happen. This is how many hours you're going to have. This is what the pay is going to be. And then it's our job as owners to deliver on those promises. What Brain was saying, like, if they get paid every week, make sure they get paid every week. If you promise them a bonus, make sure they get the bonus. And, and keeping those promises that we made instead of just letting them be lofty, empty promises, make sure you deliver on those promises networking, making sure you're getting good candidates from your network, social media, just your, your range of influence. Number two was deliver on compensation, making sure that people feel like they're in a good place to work, making sure that they have incentives to, to move forward in their job. And then also supporting side hustles, like don't be threatened by them, but support them. Remember what it was like when you were first starting out and support people if they need your help and answer the phone while they're, they're working with you and being supportive of that because we're all in this together at the end of the day. And as long as it's not cutting into your business, you really should support them as much as you can. That was a great show. Thanks for being on the show today, guys. Great talk. Where can people find out more about you guys? You can go to uh, Detail Groove on Instagram. Find me there. Give me a follow. Send me a DM. I can help you out however you need. 
For me, Instagram, it's uh, Brandon Sewell. That's B-R-A-N-D-E-N, last name Sewell, S-E-W-E-L-L. I also have a link to my website, so you can go in there and find my other social media and connect with me there. Awesome. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Our listeners appreciate it. Your customers matter. Your team matters. Your families matter. You guys are having a huge ripple effect in your communities. The marketplace matters. Business matters. And you guys are on the cutting edge of of making things happen. So thanks for everything you guys are doing. Absolutely. You too. Thank you. If you like this episode, please like it, review it, follow it, tell your friends, and keep listening to Masters of Home Service. I'm really grateful to our listeners who tuned in today. I hope you heard something that will make your business more profitable and more efficient. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester, and you can find me at adamsylvester.com. Remember, your clients and your team deserve your very best. So go give it to them. We'll see you next time.